At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis. Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hi there, everybody. Welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I am so glad you joined us today. I am so thankful that uh, you know everyone is listening to this podcast. I get all your beautiful comments and and texts and instant messaging and all of that. So thank you so much for taking time out of out of your day to uh, join us today and um, just happy to have you. So as we start our podcast today, I just want to remind you of a couple things. One is we have our Limitless event coming up March 28th, 29th, and 30th. I had to think for a minute. 28th, 29th, and 30th. It's a virtual event. We'll have the link in the show notes so you can get yourself registered. I want to encourage you to bring your referral partners, not just your realtors, but all of your referral partners. This is not a mortgage-centric event. This is for all small business owners and salespeople. So make sure that you're signing up for that and spend a couple of days with us uh, virtually or vitally. I like calling them vital vital meetings now because they're vital to everybody's practice. Um, and with that, I want to introduce our guest for today, who is Tom Bickett, and he is with Annie Mac. Um, and I'm going to read a little bit about him. Um, he uh, started as an investment advisor in the for a money management firm. We're going to talk about that very specifically today. Um, and he's preached suitability. And I really loved hearing this from your or reading this from your bio, uh, Tom, which is uh, he he preaches suitability, making sure that the investment is appropriate for the the choice for the customer. And he has transcended that into the mortgage space as well. Um, having been in the mortgage business now since, what is it? You, you just told me 15, 20 years, something like that. 2005. Yeah. So um, he takes that same approach with mortgage lending and, you know, making sure that clients have the most suitable uh, business or loan product for them, for themselves. Uh, and he lives in Southern New Jersey. So we're probably here a little bit of a twang going on there, right? For New Jersey. And I know that twang because my husband's from there too. <laughs> Right. So welcome to the show, Tom. Happy to have you here today. Jen, it's a pleasure to be here. And thank you so much for the invitation. I love being able to share my experiences in the financial world dating back to 1998 and being able to help people every day, uh, whether it's a consumer trying to buy a home, a realtor needing advice in their practice, or just, you know, taking the things we've learned about self-development and, and helping others. 
Yeah, uh, it really is inspirational what you're doing. So I appreciate this. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. So, okay. So let's dig in. You know, I want to talk about the fact that you were in financial services. This is um, something that, you know, I hear from thousands and thousands of real or not real estate agents, but loan officers. And we have realtors who listen in on this podcast as well as real estate investors. Uh, but, you know, there seems to be this, this um, avoidance factor, I'll call it avoidance or maybe hesitation in mortgage loan officers wanting to expand their horizons and work beyond real estate agents to work with financial planners, CPAs, whatever you, whatever financial aspect you want to talk about. Um, and because you come from this background and because I'm very financially astute, it was easy for me. I imagine it was easy for you. But let's talk about why or how it's been so powerful in your business. And then we can talk about strategies or ways that we can suggest loan officers start approaching um, people in the financial services industry. So let's talk about that. So tell me a little bit about how that's played out for you in your practice. No, I appreciate that. So just a real quick backstory. I graduated college in 1998 uh, from Cornell University with a focus on financial management and started my career on Wall Street all the way back then. And uh, it was incredible. Worked for a mutual fund firm, who focused on providing investments to the community. And my job in the sales role there was to understand the products that we offered and go work with financial advisors in, in the communities that I represented and teach them about our products and how they may fit into their client's portfolio. And the number one thing that we learned from a very early stage was know your customer, KYC. It's so important to understand the customer's needs and wants and desires of for what they're trying to accomplish financially, not just today, but tomorrow, that as an advisor, when you really can get that granular with the customer and then position the products and services that can help them achieve that, it's a true win-win. So six years later, I decided to get out of that industry, um, looking for something different to do, and I landed in mortgages. And I, I quickly realized that I approached mortgages uh, with consumers from the same perspective. Like, how can we structure this financial instrument to best serve that customer? Now, when I got into business, I was mostly a refinance guy. So there was a lot of stuff on how do we manipulate the equity in their home to help in other areas in their life, whether it's that consolidation, whether it's getting money to buy an investment property, a second home, education, whatever it may be. And, and it, I, I rose very quickly because I think I approached the, the mortgage customer the same way I would have approached a financial customer. So yeah. when when building a mortgage practice and you're, you know, obviously everyone wants to talk about working with realtors, which is a great source of opportunity to help people, there's a massive amount of financial advisors out there that you really should be in contact with. Because when you can be from the same side of the table and have the same type of conversation, like, hey, let's do what's best for your customer base, it allows them to do a better job. Um, and, and so many people in our space don't take the time to ask those questions. Are you working with a financial advisor? Are you consulting with someone who's going to help you with this buying decision? Are you working with them on your you know, investment property strategies? So it, for me, thankfully, it was a very natural conversation because I came from that background. But I don't think you need to come from that background to be able to have that level of conversation. It's really just about coming from contribution and, and understanding the customer's financial needs. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you make some uh, several valid points. I mean, uh, about, about this, you know, I've always, 
always thought or struggled with, you know, the fact that we are in the financial services industry and yet we speak with people in the home services industry where the only thing that they know about finance is 6% of my commission, you know, 6% of the sales prices is my commission. And that's why I started a math class years ago, you know, an eight hour certified, um, I mean, not certified, uh, continuing education math class for realtors, because I felt like, you know, I needed to have, I was craving that communication and that conversation in the financial services aspect of things and how we could strategize and put together unique and be creative and persuasive, you know, unique uh, strategies for people. And um I've always just thought that that's so odd in our industry that we 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 are in financial services. Why don't we talk to financial services individuals? You know, it's what we do. Um, to your point, I think um, also you had said that, uh, you know, that we want to speak to them and have, you know, conversations, uh, you know, conversations with with financial services uh, people. I want I want you to understand. Well, not you. But you're listening, you know, those those of you who are listening here, I want you to understand that um, you know more about the mortgage space than your financial planner. They know more about stocks and bonds, but you know more about the financial, um, the mortgage, the mortgage play, even if you've never been in financial services, I promise you do. Um, my daughter just did a, she's in the mortgage business too. She just did a, a webinar for a group of financial advisors. And it turns out only two of them are homeowners. Two of them are homeowners. Now they're millennials and she attracts millennials. That's fine. But uh, two of them were homeowners. None of them knew anything about mortgages at all. So, so we can't go in thinking that way. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of your strategy and some of the things that you've you've done with them some of the what have you played with right what what have you done have you gone in and done lunch and learns have you done ce classes for uh financial advisors uh, are you doing it one-on-one -on -one? um and then let's go a little deeper we'll go a little deeper in that just to give people that are listening here some ideas because you know when real estate agents are kind of sitting around going hey i'm waiting for the rates to drop and waiting for people to buy and waiting and waiting we could be out doing some things with the financial advisors right now. It's a perfect time. So let's talk about what you've done. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I'm a one-on-one type of individual. It's it's what I enjoy doing and meeting people face-to-face, belly-to-belly, and really, really trying to understand the needs that that person has. So with financial planners, you know, financial planners' main objective is asset accumulation, right? Helping their clients build wealth, and the last thing they really want to do is see someone deplete their assets that are working long term for them to go out and potentially buy a home. Um, you know, so a lot of my conversations stem around how do we help that customer buy in real estate without having to deplete a ton of assets directly out of the, the, the hard working money that you put in place? Because sometimes there's some tax implications to that that may not be beneficial at that time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is talking, you know, that I think the in with a financial planner, whether it's in a group setting or an individual, is educating them about the programs and products that can keep assets invested while still allowing them to go out to be able to make a home purchase with maybe some limited down payment funds. Um, yeah. So where maybe we can do some asset depletion or different ways of calculating income off of retirement assets. A lot of agents don't know those rules where we can create manufacture income off of retirement portfolios. So they're not putting down these massive down payments where just to get a debt ratio to, to be in line. So for me, it's really about helping them understand the product mix 
that keeps money invested with them and allowing the customer to make the purchase that's right for their family. And I think if you can bring that product mix to the financial advisors, you're going to have an ear that they can listen to. Um, yeah. my, and, that, and that's really been a great insight for me with talking to my financial planners. Yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, it's an optimal use of funds, right? It, that's, yes. you know, a strategy that I talked to, used to talk to all my clients about is the optimal use of funds. Where should we delegate these funds to go, you know, rather than just in a big, large down payment? Because obviously we know, you know, the more you put down, the less your payment, but dollar for dollar, the return on that is not always the same. And we might be able to divert the funds into something else. Um, so yeah, it's about, you know, don't spend my money, uh, because that's how I earn my money. Right? like, there's some of that. Um, yeah. And, and there, yes, there is some of that. I, I totally get that, uh, because I'm a client centric type of person. Uh, my strategy going in was a little bit different because, uh, you know, the strategy for the CFP, you know, for the CFP is, uh, hey, don't take my money when that might be the best strategy for the client. And so they aren't as client centric, I think. And I think, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you want to think about what type of financial advisor you want. Are they client centric where you and the financial advisor can can work around, you know, and be focusing specifically on the client? Or do you have someone who's all about themselves? And do you want to align with them, you know, but to your point, I, obviously, that is their biggest concern. I think the other concern that they have, and I want to get your take on this, and um, this will bridge us into some of the activities. But the other concern that financial advisors have is how they can provide more value as well. Um, you know, rather than being in a defensive mode of accepting phone calls from clients when the market changes and going, oh, okay, maybe we should sell something. How can we put them in an offensive mode so that they can be educating their consumer and have that client retention as well? So share with us a little bit about if you've done it, and maybe you haven't, um, what you've done to uh, get your fingers into their database to do some education. What what types of things have you done in that in that perspective to help them with their um, their biggest pain point, right? Not the client. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, you just got my brain thinking a lot because I haven't really done that a lot. Where you know we bring it to the to the financial planner and say, hey, look, maybe this is a message that you can deliver or we can deliver to your database to generate, you know, more, you know, more ideas, more strategies, more thought, right? It's, it's very easy to work in our industries in a vacuum. Like this is all I know. So let me go sell this. Yeah. Uh, and we're probably really good at doing that. Not that that's wrong or right, but giving giving those other affiliated partners the ability to, to think outside the box of their normal product mix or strategies is is invaluable. Um, I haven't I haven't done that with financial planners, um, but I'm I'm taking I'm taking some notes on this because that's a strategy <laughs> I want to talk to good. really quick about. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, well, I'm glad I can help. <laughs> I'm glad I can help. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because uh, you know managing mortgages, right? Mortgages under management. Um, you know, was the strategy that I used with my financial planners was that I was going to help them manage, you know, man, I was going to manage the mortgages of the clients that they had that they were serving. Because we have such an advantage as loan officers, we get we get the 1003, right, we get the full scope of what the financial picture looks like, they get one aspect. And that's just the left side of page two, right, or whenever, whatever page is on nowadays. Yeah. Um but they only get, you know, they only get that one aspect. And so we're able to, you know, encourage them to ask them about the mortgage and how we could be taking care of them. Because 
we know that they are they are not being served by their their lender their lender their past loan officer most loan officers are not communicating with their you know their alumni database and this is a great opportunity to hop in. Um, okay, so so and and so those are really good ideas for you. There you go. Um, I, tell I do me, have tell a point me. on that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I, I think a lot of advisors today, um, I know mine does it this way, is they really want to try to get the full circle picture of what your portfolio looks like, not just the equity that's invested, but also, mm-hmm. you know, the management of different debt sources. So, like, I'm able to go into my financial planners. Um, you know, site that be provided to me and I can put in my mortgage balances and their system will generate what my potential equity is on the home. You know, so right off the bat, they can see the potential equity that I have in my homes. And they, you know, if we educate them a little bit on, hey, you have some, look at your client's potential equity in their homes. If they're putting this data in there, there's a strategy there that maybe we can deploy some of those assets in different ways, whether it's takes some money out, to deploy in other asset categories, take somebody out buy investment properties. But if they have a good picture of the equity side in real estate through the services that they have, that could be a great strategy to talk to them about. And at least again, do a little data mining with their databases. Yeah, yeah. And again, this gets back to alignment, right? Aligning yourself with people. That's a fiduciary, right? The fiduciary is more more, uh, looking at the holistic approach to to finance, you know, to... to, uh, the investment side of it, but they also love that mortgage piece of it. So, you know, asking financial advisors if they're fiduciary or are they simply brokerage firms, you know, what what's 80% of their practice developed from or derived from? And if it's all from brokerage and, you know, selling stocks and Bitcoin or any of that stuff, um, you know, that may not be the right person for you because they don't understand that holistic approach to, you know, taking care of the, of the client, which is why I like the centric stuff, you know, piece of it. And I mean, what you and I are talking about here is very high level to what most loan officers are doing. You know, it's, I don't have any realtors, they don't have any business. So now I don't have any business. And, you know, for, for me, and I imagine this is for you, one of the greatest things about working with a financial advisor, and we're very much honing in on this, but there are other, other financial pieces is that they do, you know, people pass away when the rates are high and low, when the market's hot or not. People get divorced, people get married, people have children, people, uh, you know, inherit money. And it happens no matter what's happening in the market. And if you're looking for a way for your practice to have not the peaks and valleys, but ways to fill in the sand of those valleys so that you have a consistent um, you know, income, you have consistent volume coming through, then you need to be thinking about putting putting a lot of effort into working with these financial services, um, you know, individuals to help you. And so wouldn't you agree to that? I mean, have you found that in your practice as well is that, you know, there's a more consistent pattern of income? Yeah, yeah I think when people get into this business, it's it's really about the transaction. Okay, I'm a commission loan officer, I need to go find deals, to, to, to make income and we get into this very transaction oriented business. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but at some point you have to transition into being a transaction business to being a business that attracts people based on the values that you bring. And just like you said, there's so many different resources out there that we should be in contact with, whether, whether it's diverse attorneys, financial planners, CPAs that have customers that likely need our services mm-hmm. and 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 not the service of just, hey, let me do a loan for you. But how does our 
how does doing a mortgage fit into a greater a greater picture? Whether and there's a thousand different examples that you can look at to do that, but because of the getting out of the transaction wheel is really hard for a lot of people to do because it takes you stepping out and doing some things differently that isn't going to give you a transaction tomorrow. Yeah. But it but it builds the long term recessioning proofing of your business where no matter where rates go up or down, left or right, equities up or down, buyer market, seller market, you have people that are thinking about you for the true need of, of that specific need, whether it be, like I said, divorce, death, expansion. Well, you know, my husband says it, you know, he's in the business and he says this perfectly. It's already, you know, they're already going to these other entities for advice and not price. And so when mm -hmm. they refer you, it's about continued advice not price. And you're going to get price from your realtor because they, through the DNA of, of the real estate agent, right? They, they've only learned go call and ask about, you know, rates. And that's a whole other conversation that, that we could have. Sure. So you tapped into this a little bit um, in, in about longevity, you know, I mean, here it is what we're recording this on February 8th um, in a couple of weeks, March 1st, I will be celebrating 40 years in the mortgage space. And I know it's crazy. I and I look at that and I go, I don't even think I'm 40. Why? How could that be? But it is. And uh, so you talk about longevity and how to be able to have longevity. Let's speak to that a little bit. What have you found? You know, as you've it, it, um, and had admired, but observed other loan officers that come and go. You know, the rates are great, so I'm definitely, you know, back and forth. Uh, you know, I'm in the business, I'm out of the business. You see those trends kind of happen those ways. And right, right now we're right setting, which is really good. What do you see as some of the, the strategies, both internal and external, whether it's sales, whether it's personal development, whether it's systems, relationships, whatever, what do you see as being some of the, the key points that someone should have to maintain that longevity in our industry? Uh, I think you said it best when, when you talk about internal versus external, right? I spend a lot of time reading books. I'm into this book called The Power of One More, Atomic Habits. Mm. They really getting granular on what are the things I need to do to become the person I want to be. Right? If I if I want to I want to get to 40 years in the industry, I'm you know close to 20 years now. Like, what do I need to become to be able to do that? And I think you I think. The people who have staying power in this business are constantly redefining that question for where they are in their business today. It's very easy to get content. Hey, I closed 100 loans this year. I made tons of money. That's fantastic. And then they kind of cool off a little bit. They don't they don't raise the bar of what is possible. Mm -hmm. And I think as people, uh, as, as humans, right, we should always be progressing towards more. And it doesn't always necessarily mean, mean more business, but becoming something better. Um, I, I, I joke, but I've been saying this for about 10 years. Um, I wake up every, every day with the filter of who do I get to help today? Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean a customer or a realtor um, or my kids. Or it's, it's a filter that I look at my landscape every day. I, I'm blessed to be able to help others, whether it's with a mortgage, a financial question, self-help, coaching, mentoring, motivation, I get to put that out into the universe. So for me, I think people who have longevity is they're pushing the boundary of what they are capable of doing because the external stuff, we have zero control over. I don't know what Jerome Powell is going to say. I don't know what interest rates are going to do. I don't know if there's more inventory coming. I don't know if this, or my realtors don't want to talk to me or someone else is paying the money. There's so many external forces that 
can just you know inflict mental damage on us. And if we allow those things internally, uh, it takes us off our game, right? So I read a lot. I listen to motivation all the time. And you, you got to be strong inside, right? The six, the six inches up here are what define you to becoming a better person. And it really comes down to what do I want to be and what actions do I need to do to get there? And is someone holding me accountable to the actions that are going to get me there? If you can follow those three things, be specific, take action and be held accountable to it, sky's the limit on what you can accomplish. Yeah, I think that I think that's very interesting. So why do you think that um, loan officers and I, I don't mean to peg just loan officers, it could be realtors or anybody, but why do you think that I, I am going to peg just loan officers? So why do you think that so many loan officers don't go to conferences, don't have coaching, don't have mentoring, aren't involved in masterminds, aren't in book clubs, aren't holding their own book club, um, have never listened to a podcast before? Uh, why do you think that that, that is, um, so prevalent in, in our industries? Um, not to offend anybody. I think that, uh, I think that people don't give themselves enough self-worth yeah. that they, they need to realize that they, they need to be better. Right. And, and better doesn't, like I said, doesn't necessarily mean more loans, right? Better just means I'm, I'm, af I'm afraid to take that next step because maybe it will bring me more success. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to go to that conference because, um, you know, someone's going to judge me for going and say, oh, you're going to that uh, mindset stuff again, aren't you? Or right. they, they just don't allow themselves to think beyond where they are right now, right? They're mired in today's, today's environment. They're letting those external forces Control. impact their thought processes it's, it's really about i need to be better and for me to get better i need to do these things yeah. and you know putting yeah. yourself out there to lead a book club you're putting yourself out there yeah a lot of people don't like to put themselves out there jen and i don't know why whether it's fear of judgment or fear of failure but putting yourself out there is giving yourself an opportunity to grow and when you do hard things that are uncomfortable that's when growth really takes place. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say is, you know, it's how do you stop the stall in your business, you know, and, and you have to get uncomfortable to stop the stall. And so if you feel like you're stalled out right now, that's what you have to do. You have to cross that line. You have to make that one more phone call or that, you know, reach out and, and do a cold call if that's what you, you need to do or attend an event, um, you know, so that you can yeah. expand your horizons a little bit. You mentioned something, I call it a 10-1 loan officer, right? They've been in the business for 10 years, one year at a time, um, you know, <laughs> right? Sure. And that, and for those of us in the business, we get that. Hopefully you get that. Hopefully, you know, arms, you get adjustable rate mortgages. But, um, you know, and, and I've seen that over and over and over is just the repetitive nature of that and not the growth potential. And, and I'll be honest with you. And I and I've said this on this podcast, I believe, because I've been I've been on over 2000 podcasts now. I can't remember what I say half the day. But, uh, you know, is that uh, I fu I fully believe that had I not started my podcast, I would simply be another retired loan officer. Because my time had come, I had funded a billion dollars, I wanted to retire by the time I was 55. And I wanted, you know, billion was the big number. And um, I'd never and I said that I don't want to be in the business for 40 years. Now I'm saying it now because I'm tied to it, but I'm not actually in it, right. And, um, 
you know, and for me, that was the drive, the impetus that took me then to say, okay, what, what's next for me? And so I hope you're listening to this, you know, for those of you that are listening, I hope you're hearing this is that, you know, what is your next step? What is there down the road? And it's not um, so that you have the option to uh, trans transition from the business on your terms not on the terms of rates are too high, competition's too tough, I can't hack it, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, but rather on your own terms. And, and for me, that was one of the biggest things about longevity was I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I knew when I was going to be getting out, I knew that I had bigger, better, better things, you know, different things to do. Um, and I love the industry, but I also knew that I had so much more to give. And I'm hoping that everyone who's listening is hearing this as well. And, you know, and, and what you're saying about that longevity, what's ahead for you the, here we are in 2023. I call this the soaring twenties, <laughs> the soaring twenties. You said I listened to your podcast the other day. Yeah. I think you were talking about, I forget the woman who you had on, but you're talking about syndications and that kind of things. And, and you're using that terminology, which I think, I think is perfect. I think it you is. Know, I, you know, I think people could get it. Go ahead, leave, you know, leave the business. Um, You got in, you got out, you know, for those that want to stay the longevity, it's, it is a soaring twenties. So what's ahead for you, Tom, what, what are you doing in your practice this year to, to change things up for, you know, your, the, what we'll just call the mundane of what we do is, oh, we're calling on realtors, we're calling on financial planners, but what are you doing um, in your practice this year? That might be something that someone says, oh, I really like that idea and I want to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to answer that two ways. You know, I, I think in all businesses, we have to progress from, I do it, we do it, they do it concepts, right? Because there's only so much time in the day for you to be able to do something, right? right. And if, if I'm mired in the day-to-day -day activity of doing a, a 1003, I, I can only do that so many times in the day, right? So then we coach others on how to do that for us with assistants and loan partners and yep. inside sales reps. And then eventually you've trained them so well that, they can just handle that business. So then the focus becomes on, for me, it's about education with the real estate partners that I know. So we're launching a mastermind next week, me and my business partner, to where we're bringing realtors in every two weeks and coach them how to get through these difficult times, right? How, how do we talk to customers? How do we seek different opportunities with our customers? How do we find customers? So it's gotten from, I've been doing this for 18 years and I've gotten really good at doing a couple things. And so is my business partner. So now how do we take that to the next level and educate and train other people to find successes? Um, so I'm really excited to launch that uh, this year to be able to give back to the community that's helped me out so much. Yeah. And I love that you're saying, uh, you know, do what you do best and, and get really good at it. It's funny. I, you, someone asked me, what are the three or they said, give me, give us tips for success. You know, what would you, what would you say are some major keys to success? And I said, number one, play your position. That's number oh. one, play the position that you're best at, right? Play your position, become an expert. Number two, become an expert in your position, right? And so if we look at anybody, we look at Tom Brady, he didn't play running back. He didn't play. He just became the expert in his position. And the third step is repeat step one, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Play your position and be an expert in your position. And, you know, obviously scaling and things, that's this is where where I flourish the most, you know, is scaling and and creating and building world-class teams for people. 
Um, because you know, the reason that you grow and the reason you have employees, we'll use that word isn't, you know, or team members, it doesn't matter what your business is, but the reason you have employees is for them to do the work that you are not capable of doing, that you have a weakness in doing that you shouldn't be doing. That's why you have employees. So have them do that work, right? Or team members have them do what is what they do best and let them stay in their position and be the running back while you're the quarterback and and play that position and i think that's really powerful so i love that you're doing a mastermind um you know and uh you know putting it out there and saying hey let's let's help them uh you know i have another phrase is be ready for when the when happens (laughs) right because the when is going to happen and if Mm -hmm. we're hibernating right now we're not going to be ready for when the when happens so i love that you're saying you know what we're going to create when we're going to create, we're going to make sure that we're ready when the when happens. And I think that that's really powerful. Is there a strategy that you're using this year that you've adopted or decided I'm going to start um, doing? Is there a strategy that you've done this year um, that's new to you? Or maybe what's old is new. I Everybody who listens to this podcast knows mm-hmm. I can't stand the term get back to basics because if they're basic, <laughs> you shouldn't get back to them. Um, but are you doing uh, housewarming parties? Are you focusing on for sale by owner? What are, what are you doing that might be different than what you've done in the past or something that you've brought forward? You know, I, I really haven't evolved in terms of doing anything new. If, if anything, it's it's really being protective of my time more so than ever. My kids are, are a little older now. They're, they're in their teens. And they they they're both swimmers and that requires a lot of time and being in a lot of different places yeah and i don't want to miss any of my kids stuff that's one of the reasons i'm in this type of business is i can control my schedule but that means i have a little bit more limited time to focus on some business level activities so for me time is precious yeah and i and and i really this year have been more focused on how do i maximize my individual time blocks to be purposeful for me, my business and the people that rely on me to help them. So I think, I think that's probably where a lot of people fail at things is they just don't take time serious enough. They they don't set enough time aside to really be targeted and specific on the life domains that they want to impact, right? Not just necessarily business, but family, relationships, spirituality, health, wealth, all of those things mm-hmm. require you to dedicate time and be really specific with that time. Because I found as I older I get, the less time I feel that I have. Yeah. Well, it's but a tape measure. Specific with it, it's powerful. Right. It's a tape measure. It's a really, that's really interesting that you said that because I, I use it in my retreats and stuff, but we pull out a tape measure to your age, right? So I'm 59. So I pull it out to 59 inches. Trying to look at all that life, right? And then I hold with my right. So I'm holding that and finally with my left hand. And then I pull out the tape to life expectancy for someone who is married whenever, born here, born this, my Caucasian, I'm female, right? Pull it out to there. And I look and I go, ooh, ooh, there's not much more left there, but ooh, look at all that time. And what have I done with that, right? It's a very eye-opening you know, exercise and say, we don't, we don't have infinite time. I love that. I love that you're doing that. And I love that you're, you know, recognizing that in your practice now and, and saying, you know, Hey, look, you know, I've got to really focus on my kids because in the the end game, it's that. And, you know, and for someone who's listening to this, they might be going, okay, I'm getting ready for my pen. I'm waiting for the one idea that shiny object syndrome, right? The SOS, I need help, right? The SOS in it. And, I love that you gave them something that's not tangible, right? It's an intangible 
um, practice that you're doing. And I, I think that's powerful, um, you know, super powerful. I, I always refer to a movie. It's a kid's movie, the, the Kung Fu Panda. And uh, th there's a scene where the panda is going after his dad about this special wonton soup that he makes. And, it's, and the dad's always about it's the secret ingredients, the secret ingredients, the secret ingredient. It gets to a moment in the movie where he reveals the secret ingredient to his son. He's like, son, there is no secret ingredient. It's you. Yeah. You're the person that's going to really impact it. There is no shiny object, some special CRM, some widget, some some magic video that you can put out there. It's right. just about being in the moment and holding yourself to the highest level of standard that you want to be held to and get after it. Don't and don't be afraid. Right. I think there was a book. Um, I don't know the name of the book, but but the gentleman, you can look it up. The first man to walk across Antarctica. He did it in like 57 days. And in that in that story, what he says is too many people live their life at a five or a six, right? If one is like the most pain you can experience and 10 is the highest level of enjoyment Excellent. you can have, yeah. people go through life at five and six. You have to put yourself in a position to feel some pain, right? To be a one and a two sometimes, because without one and two experiences, which is, and I think in our industry, doing the things that are a little scary that you, you don't think you need to do or don't want to do, you can't get to a nine, 10 experience in life without putting yourself into some situations that in the moment feel scary and painful. And they probably are, but you gotta be okay with that to get to the next level. If we just go through a five or six life uh, experience. We're never really gonna experience anything. And it's, and I think when you marry time into that conversation, it we only have so much time to get out there and really live some incredible experiences and push yourself to do fun things. So what are you pushing yourself to do right now? Speaking of um, six experience, what are you pushing yourself to do? I'll share what I'm going to do in a minute, what I'm doing, not going to do what I'm doing in a minute, but <laughs> what are you doing right now to really push yourself out of your comfort zone to, you know, for you to say, Hey, cause I hear you saying this, you know, like, Hey, we live yep. this five, six, what are you doing to push yourself right now? Yeah. So I have a, my, I've kind of bounced in my career from a loan perspective between about 120 and 140 units for the last couple of years, um, which is, which is great. I want to get to 200. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at, all right, what's it going to take for me to get to 200? Mm -hmm. There are some things that I'm not doing, um, which is being really specific with my prospecting blocks each and every day to reach out and have bigger, better conversations with the people in my, in my, in my circle, right? There's business being done out there that I'm not getting and I'm not getting it because I got really comfortable between 120 and 140. Yeah. So I am extremely purposeful every day with the time blocks to get after my audience of people that I want to be in business with and pouring into them at the highest possible level that I can. So for me, I need to become the person that closes 200 units a year. And I know that's focused on prospecting activities, some things that I've gotten away from because I've built a good business and, yeah. and it, you get comfortable. And when you get comfortable it is when some things yeah. can creep on up on you. You're not happy with. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think I, I think that's, you know, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to increase my prospecting, like touch more people, right? That's client acquisition, um, touch more people. I think looking at conversions is another way to get to 200. You know, how many am I actually converting? And then the business you already have in your hand, you know, these acres of diamonds that you already have in your hand is how can you manifest instead of doing one deal? How can you manifest anywhere from one more to 11 more deals out of every single deal you're doing and watch your numbers go. And it'll be interesting because you'll probably go to 250 or 280 without even knowing it.
I love hearing that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. you focus on one area, but you can focus on three simultaneously and watch it triple, you know, instantly. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I love that you're doing that. I love, I love that. So, you know, what I'm hearing from you and, and I, and, you know, for, when you're listening in here and you're hearing this, it's like, um, what I'm hearing is slow down to speed up, not speeding up to slow down, right? Be a human being, not a human doing, right? Those right. are, those are pretty critical and create a work life that makes life work. Those are the things that I'm getting from you um, that are, you know, really, really powerful that that everyone who's listening should heed these these thoughts here. And it's so common for us, right? The first three months of the year that we're talking about strategy and business planning and tactics and we're reorganizing and and doing all that. And so the timing is absolutely perfect for this. So what would you like to leave us with today, Tom? A quote. Um, yes. You already gave us a couple books, which is good, but a quote or nothing. Yeah, go I for it. For so this, this sits on my desk. Okay. It's from James Clear, the writer of Atomic Habits. Yep. If you haven't, if you haven't listened Love to it book. or read it, highly recommend it. But he goes and, and says, new goals don't deliver new results. New lifestyles do. And a lifestyle is not an outcome. It's a process. For this reason, all of my energy should go into building better habits, not chasing better results. Yeah. Right. And and if you can really focus in on that identity piece on who's the person I need to become to achieve whatever it is that that I want to achieve, results come exponential. Yeah. Um, and and I think all of us probably have seen it. I, I was uh, I was a lineman in college. I was fortunate enough to play football, put a lot of weight on in my 20s after 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 I stopped working out like that. And then I made the decision that I was going to run a marathon. I was 320 pounds. Um I pulled down some training, talked to some people and just started running. And I went from not being able to run one mile to completing a full marathon in wow. about a year and a half. Wow. So yeah. No one, I should have never been able to do that. But yet when you set a goal, that's epic, you're not going to run a marathon tomorrow, but what are the things I need to do? So it involved health it involved sleep and involved water it involved following a plan and a schedule and and if you think about your business, right, if, if you're doing one or two or three loans today, but you want an epic number of loans tomorrow, right, what are the things that are we doing? What's the identity that we're creating to move towards that and becoming that person, living, breathing and eating it every day? And like you said, you got to get in the rooms and talk to people that are doing it at a higher level than you. You got to read. You got to invest time and energy and education and push. We got to push. Yeah. Beautiful. Well said. Well said. What a great way to end this show. Thank you so much, Tom, for all of your insight and your great ideas. It probably wasn't heading in the direction you were thinking it was going to go. That's why <laughs> I love these. And that's because uh, mine never do. They never do. They just kind of head you. in whatever whatever direction God's you know planning for us. So I thank you so much for that. And I wish you the best of luck this year and years to come and with all the strategies. And I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching to see those numbers go to that magic 200 plus. Um, so now you've held, I'm holding you accountable, right? You put it out into the universe. It's now going to happen. So I love that. Exactly. I love it. Well, I want to say thank you. 
for watching or listening to this podcast today. I really appreciate it. If you've not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, we have a link in the notes. Please make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel because I put other things up there, not just both of my podcasts. Um, and take a few seconds to make sure you're following this podcast and scrolling down and giving us a great five-star review and putting some great comments in there about what you learned from Tom today. Um, that way he can look at those comments and those reviews on this podcast when it comes out and see what you had to say about it as well. So with that, I will say thank you so much for listening in. Thank you, Tom, for being here today. I appreciate it. And I will see you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.